passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. back it is the april edition of post pro res i guess we really don't have monthly editions anymore because wh park has engaged in the post pro res brand split and here he is with me for the first part of the month of april how are you wh i'm good john but you you can always rest assured you you are the flagship of post Perez with you know that's the this is the flagship edition of of the show i enjoyed sitting back listening to you and and joey on the on the last show catching up it's uh you know wh park i mean i i can see like the the slow moving coup here at post wrestling i mean wh park the the weekends are wh park time here at postwrestling.com and on the cafe um no, I mean, you're, you're being too kind, John. I I don't ever want to have to engage with the WWE as much as you and Wei do. So I, I'm perfectly happy to stay in the lane that I'm in, which is like, you know, Japanese wrestling and, you know, the MCU TV shows. How do you feel about having a little gap now between uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? You have two episodes left and then it's like, what, about a month or so, six weeks until Loki? Yeah, it was June. Is it what, is it June? I think so. June 11th is in my head. I, I don't know if that's officially the date or not, but that seems to be around that time. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. I it'll be uh, interesting to kind of get back into the groove with Way after kind of like a bit of a hiatus from recording together because I'm kind of into the, the 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 rhythm of like okay, watch it on Friday morning and then you know digest it and think about it, watch some you know YouTube videos about it maybe, and then um, talk to Way about it on Saturdays. That was like. You know, I really got used to that that schedule, but so it'll be weird to go off the schedule and then come back onto it. You know, like when you when you go on vacation, John, and then you try to get back into your normal routine. That's not you know that's non vacation routine, and it's like oh, it's it, it takes a little bit of of time to like really get back into your groove again. I feel that's what's going to happen here. I think we're all due for a vacation at some point mm, when vacations exist. So. Well, here in Ontario, yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus, yeah. I've uh, I've just had to stop looking at, at numbers and such. It's uh. It's a, it's a very different world here in Ontario than it seems to be in uh, most other parts of the world. Can I, can I just tell you, like, it's hard to escape the numbers when, you know, like, when whenever I work with Mike, which would be like, today was like, you know, he was on a bit of a, a bit break from the store this week. Um, but he comes in and then first of all, he, he'll, he'll, um, 
he'll preview like he's going to talk about the numbers by pretending he's Doug Ford by saying my friends <laughs> and then you know and then saying something stupid and then I'll just retort with like talking about the uh the farmer's uh sausage wrap at Tim Hortons is that something that Doug Ford seems to like talking about instead of like actually having solutions to the numbers that exist in this in this province <laughs> well that's uh yeah, we, we can get very bleak here, but we're not here to be bleak. In fact, uh, just before we started uh, rolling, of course, the big story today in WWE was uh, 10 people cut. And I guess the, uh, for the purposes of this show, um, oh, first of all, if, if anyone beyond um, Samoa Joe uh, jump out at you, but I'm kind of curious your thoughts on Samoa Joe that the guy's 42 years old right now, and it would seem that he would be – a very intriguing name of these 10 that where, where would you see him uh, ending up and where like is, is a Samoa Joe um, coming out of WWE uh, something that does intrigue you in 2021? Um, No, because he's been a commentator for most of the last year and a half. I, I I'm really curious and I'm concerned about like his physical condition. You know, I don't, I wouldn't want him doing, a schedule that would, you know, exacerbate like existing, you know, ailments that he has, like that prevented him from, you know, working in the ring for like the last year and a half in WWE. Which is um, a question mark. Like that's, yeah. you know, a, a, an unknown right now that, you know, he had been just primarily reserved for commentary this, this whole period. If he was going to, if he was fine, like, mm-hmm. you know, physically and he could go in the ring, I, I would actually prefer to see him in pressing Noah because he already has like a history there. And I, I think that would be more intriguing. It also, because like progressing Noah doesn't really have any foreigners right now working, working on their roster. And I think he would be an excellent fit. I would love to see him against like, you know, a healthy Joe against Kimia and like Sugiera and come um, choke out Fujita for you. Take come choke out Fujita. See, you know what? Nassau might put him with, Sigiera again, so I don't know if that would happen, but I don't definitely don't want a staring. He could, you know, like if he's not in good condition, he can go to Noah and just have staring contests for like an entire match. That might work. <laughs> that you could know? be the uh, the rematch, yes, or but, not you know, the rematch, but the redo. The, the most exciting thing for me is the Iconics, John, because I I don't know if you ever watched the Iconics like uh, their Instagram like stuff with with Kenta Gold. This shit was gold. I. I want them to reunite with Kenta somehow and just create more Instagram content because that just brings joy to my life. Okay. Well, maybe it could happen. They might I, not necessarily they go to New Japan or Stardom or anything like that. Just, just reunite with Kenta somehow, whether it's at like in Orlando or maybe they take a vacation to Tokyo when it's safe to do so. Hey, anything is fine by me, you know. Well, we will. Uh, I'm I'm certain be uh, be talking about this in the uh, the next day uh, here on the site. But let's dive into some of the the big uh, subjects of the the past couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to talk about the start of the Champion Carnival last week with three shows. We've got the opening round of the Cinderella tournament to discuss. Some amazing stipulation matches on the horizon in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, but we begin with. A change to the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Well, the physical belt, uh, WH, and this is what I know everyone wants to know from you, is that now the immediate reaction is always, oh, my God, the worst thing of all time. You've let it sit. 
You've let that image marinate. You've, you've given it your proper WH Park uh, assessment. And now several weeks in, give us your, your grade. The IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Is this, is like- this reserved for the bin or have you had, uh, second thoughts? Oh, it's, it's reserved for the toilet, John, because it oh. looks like fucking shit. Well then, so the the passage of time has not uh, calmed down your no I, this championship. I I keep looking at this thing, and first of all, it doesn't help that it's on fucking Will Osprey, fucking dork. You know, like he's a great wrestler, but my god, this character is fucking shit. Like I don't buy it for one second. And we'll get to him in a second, but like the fact that it jumped from the first champion in Kota Ibushi, who now looks like a complete fucking idiot, and it now jumped to this dork who now holds it, that makes that championship look even more stupid. So like no, it doesn't does time has not lessened the blow. In fact, time has actually worsened the blow for me about the way this belt looks. Well, let's talk about Will Ospreay as the uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, we have not talked since he defeated Kota Ibushi for the championship. And, like, it seems that New Japan have booked all of – like, they have an ambitious schedule coming up over the next uh, six to seven weeks. And it seems like it is going to completely live or die based off their their main events and the amount of matches they could potentially burn through. But – Leading the way is Will Ospreay as IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, you hate the character. Uh, what did you think of the booking decision, putting the title onto Ospreay? And we also have the addition of Aaron Hanare to the United Empire. Um, let me just talk about Hanare. I, I think it's great for him. I think this is long overdue. I've seen potential in this guy since he was a young lion. And I think you know if he didn't, if COVID didn't happen, I really think he would have probably gotten the push sooner, like like last year, maybe in the New Japan Cup. But I think going heel and being in this faction is probably the best thing that can happen to him right now. And I am really excited. Like one thing I would love to see is him and maybe Jeff Cobb forming a tag team and like going for the tag belts. Because I don't I don't see really, really what they're going to do as, as singles wrestlers right now. Um, being like that Osprey and maybe Great Khan are like the kind of like the focal points as far as like the, you know, getting singles pushes. So, you know what? Like there's kind of a burgeoning tag team division happening in, in New Japan. So like if you put Hanari and Cobb together as kind of like this rough and ready kind of like, you know, bruising tag team, I would love to see that. And I think that would be good for both those guys as well. As far as Osprey goes, like, I don't know. It just, I just have this distaste in my mouth for him since like the, the angle he did with B Priestley um, from what I've been told by two separate people, one who, one of whom who knows him, like has worked with him. Like they, they think this was his idea. This, this, this like angle was his idea, not ghetto's idea. And, and if that's the case, then I just feel it's like, wow, like he, it's just kind of like he, he has enough heat on him. You know what I mean? He knows it from like a lot of the fans in the Western world who are, have a lot of, you know, distaste for him because of like his involvement in like speaking out with regards to Pollyanna and maybe like the kind of, you know, accusations of misogyny labeled against him for how he, you know, treated, interacted with Sadie Gibbs when she was working in Japan and stuff like that. So this to me is like, Hey, he's getting the title and he knows he's getting the title. And so he decides, and I'm just speculating on all this, of course, that. I'm gonna I'm gonna thumb my nose at all these fans who hate me, and I and I don't care what they think because the company's behind me. You, you can argue, I suppose, either way. For me, I just think you know what? You don't need to do that. Just 
be like a heel if you want to be. But don't don't like thumb your nose and like, oh, I'm going to be a misogynist. I'm going to like run a domestic abuse angle with my girlfriend, you know, and stuff like that. So I, I have like that that affects my my how I view Osprey right now as a character um, and kind of as a person as well, to be honest with you. But like as a wrestler, my problem with Osprey now as a wrestler is that he's supposed to be this heel. And he's supposed to be like the top heel in the company, John. But like, he doesn't wrestle like a heel. He wrestles like a baby face. Like all the things he does are baby face things. So I, I kind of have a disconnect with, with his performances in the ring on, on that level. Yeah. I mean, I discussed it with way. I just thought like the angle with B Priestley, like at, you know, to the point, I, I think it made a lot of people uncomfortable. And I thought it was like really, it was met like in a very flat way by the audience, by the broadcasters. I think it was just the complete opposite of what you want an angle to be that it to me was just um, the the wrong kind of reaction. And instead of going from, you know, just this, this face off between Kota Bushi and Will Ospreay that sets up the Sakura Genesis match, you did this angle that took all of the attention away from the match and it was all placed on the angle and thinking it was done in poor taste. And I think that that's the last reaction you want um, from an angle. Like it, that's, it was the exact opposite reaction that you wanted. And I, I had less interest in their match going, you know, going into, into the secure Genesis card because of that angle. Like before that angle, I was like, okay, if it's Osprey versus Ibushi, that's going to be an amazing match. And I'd be excited for it just on that, that level. But after the angle, I'm like, uh, I really don't want to see Osprey right now. Well, um, I know you, you've already talked about like the Osprey Abushi match, but you know, Abushi is very limited on this, this upcoming tour. I think he's scheduled on, on one show. It seems like they are definitely as ambitious as this upcoming schedule is. It does feel like they are somewhat pumping the brakes on Abushi to let him fully recover for, uh, the rest of the year and kind of getting him out of this, this picture. Yeah. I mean, he's got a foot injury as I recall hearing. Um, I mean, they got a lot of people who need to kind of take time off, right? Like there's Okada as well, but he's still, he's still working the, the tours and stuff like that. I mean, Osprey has been banged up. I mean, it's like probably a lot of guys that are walking wounded here through, through all of this. I mean, you talked about it, John, like the schedule is nuts. Like, like it doesn't help that they got to try to do all these big shows and try to run all these angles. And that's, you know, like I remember listening to Voice of Wrestling and they, they put it best. Like New Japan is not a legacy promotion anymore, like where they're building towards like um, building big matches like a year out. They're, they're, they're a heat promotion. Like they're trying to get heat on all the things like, okay, we got to fill this building. We got to fill the stadium, this dome. We got to have this card ready and we got to have all these title matches, but they don't feel like they can do it to, the traditional way so they got to go kind of like the the you know like ghetto's a big fan of memphis right from the from the 70s and 80s so he's he's kind of taking the jerry lawler jerry jarrett kind of playbook and thinking i gotta have i gotta fill a mid-south coliseum every monday night yeah and it's and how do we do that oh we're gonna run angles and we're gonna have like try to get as much heat on them as possible but i just think a lot of these angles like fall flat and they, they just feel like the, the, the mark of a desperate person trying to, you know, trying to, you know, keep their head above water. And we're certainly seeing that in the, the Tokyo market. I think 
I was looking at it, I think within like an eight day stretch or so, they're running like five, we're in the midst of this right now, like five core Q and hall dates in something like eight or nine nights. And we're at a point now where they aren't even drawing 400 fans at, at core Q and hall, which I mean, it's, it's well below what they could be putting into that, even with the restrictions. I, I just, it baffles me because do they honestly think their fans have an unlimited budget that they can afford to go to Cork and Hall like almost every day for like an, a week and a half time period? It's it's nuts. And then they have like their big shows like Secure Genesis and, the, you know, the Dome show that's coming up, the Yokohama Stadium show that's coming up. These tickets aren't cheap, John. Like the cheapest ticket is probably like, you know, 50 bucks, $60. And like, and we're in the midst, we're still in the pandemic. They, they are not even withing at even getting vaccinations over there still, you know, like I have the hope that maybe I'll get it, get it done by the summer. I talked to friends in Japan and like, they said, Oh, you're so lucky. And I'm like, I don't feel lucky, but compared to them, they're like, I don't even, we don't even know when it's going to be made available to us. So I'm like, Oh, geez. So they're coming off Sakura Genesis, which did about 4,500 people. And then this is the, the gauntlet of shows that they are running. They've got, April 28th and 29th are the Kagoshima shows, um, which Ibushi will be working the second night teaming with uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi against uh, your tag team of Toa Hanare or Aaron Hanare and Jeff Cobb. Uh, a week later, we've got Wrestling Duntaku, two nights in Fukuoka. The first night's got Tanahashi versus Jay White for the Never title, along with the Iron Finger from Hell ladder match booked specifically for you between Taichi and Tamatanga. And then night two has Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi and El Desperado versus Yo. Yeah, I mean that first first night, I I I would be more than happy to skip it. You know, John, if I didn't feel like oh, I like I will probably have to talk about it with you at some point or somebody, so I should watch it. Um, again, like, why are you booking like a ladder match for a fucking oven mitt, like? This is so stupid. It makes your company look dumb. It makes your company look like the WWE in 2021. It really does feel like you are going to whatever can just um, suffice. Like this is going to be the second ladder match in company history. Uh, I agree. This is like a, if if you saw that like the the long uh, story of the Iron Finger from Hell. This is you know some out there stuff that they are booking and. Um, it just seems like we'll get into this later with like some other stipulation ideas, but like that's, that's just Fukuoka. Then they've got Yokohama Stadium, which as we are recording this, we are exactly one month out from, uh, that's got no lineup and probably is not going to have a lineup WH until these wrestling Duntaku cards are over. Like they're, I don't know what is going to be topping that, that particular stadium show. Uh, and then it's the Tokyo Dome two weeks later where we do know that Kazuchika Okada will challenge the winner of Will Ospreay and Shingo Takagi, which I mean, you should get some again. Like I think these are really resting on what. Um, these main events are going to draw like they look like spectacular matches on paper, but this is really going to push towards what can your championship matches uh, draw even at limited capacities in these stadiums. And yeah, like Yokohama Stadium, your guess is as good as mine is what they're going to set up on probably a week's notice. Yeah. And I, I, what's the capacity? Who knows? Like, I, I don't think they're going to sell out. Yokohama is so close to Tokyo. Um, the Dome? Come on, that's crazy. Like I don't I don't care. Okada versus Osprey is not gonna, you know, fill the 
whatever capacity they're going to have, like Okada versus Takagi would probably do a bit better. I don't know. Like I, I have no faith in like how this company is booking their schedule, let alone their matches. I mean, Tamatonga versus Taichi, neither of those two fuckers are main eventers. Are they nuts? Like, that's not a draw. Like, I, sorry, I'm getting fired up. You know, like, Way and Jordan did, like, this, did review that book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I, 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 this show might be like the, the not so subtle art of giving too many fucks. That, that might be the title of this show. That's the, the differentiation here. And on top of that, so May 29th is the Tokyo Dome. One week later is Dominion at Osaka Joe Hall. And I mean, I just look at this and it's like, again, even at a scaled down capacity for these stadium shows in May, you still have to book like giant main events and you just have to wonder like when – when these dome shows were booked and when they became known on the calendar and how much that will impact your booking going for the rest of the year because you're going to have to do some big things here. And coming out of that Tokyo Dome, you have to run Osaka the next weekend. So uh, they're going to run through a ton of stuff here and they're not going to have a whole lot of lead time uh, to promote a lot of this. Like the biggest thing they can promote is Okada going for the title, but uh, – you're only going to have several weeks to promote that match. And Yokohama Stadium is a question mark. Dominion's going to get a seven-day build. Um, it's, it's to me, the, it, it's just asking a lot of your audience and the numbers would suggest like this is overkill and you're going, you're just booking for the next show. And as you said, not booking for, um, you know, having like a year long plan, for instance. I have no clue what they're going to try to fill. Wrestle Kingdom with if they're going to have one night or two nights. I, I my 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 feeling is that they're probably going to try to do two nights again because well, ba- based on this schedule coming up, I think they might run a week at the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> it's entirely possible, John. It's entirely possible. Okay, just as a note about Osaka, John. As of as of right now, like as we're talking, Osaka is the hot hot spot of COVID infection rates in Japan in the entire country. Like I don't know the exact numbers, but it's 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 like in the news over there a lot where the people are like really concerned about what's happening in Osaka as far as like COVID is, is concerned. So like, is that gonna, you know, be something that's factored into like running Dominion there? I don't know. Like, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, we're in North America, like people don't, don't care at all. It seems about being exposed to COVID, you know, but and they don't even have like vaccination, like scheduled on the horizon even. Yeah, I'm just looking at this. So in, uh, I'm trying to look for just Osaka, but I can't uh, break it down here. But yeah, it just, uh, yeah. Osaka COVID surge lifts nationwide tally to two month high in fourth wave is the headline for Kyoto news. Uh, Osaka reports record 1,099 new COVID-19 cases topping a thousand for the first time. That was two days ago. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> certainly not as bad as us here in Ontario, but still, for them, relatively speaking, it is something that that does concern people. Um, it's in the news a lot over there. So, like, if I'm a fan, like, do I think, well, should I go to this show? Should I not go to this show? Who, like, in the, and they have like your maybe your potential walkups. I would think most people who are going to be walkups are just going to say, yeah, "I'm good, thanks. I'll just watch it on New Japan World." Well. uh Buried in all of this is uh, going back to the Kagoshima shows. Again, this will be April 28th and 29th. So on the first night, we are going to get the latest King of Pro Wrestling match between the holder of the uh, 
the much, much prized uh, King of Pro Wrestling title, Toriano versus Evil. And these are the stipulations that each have presented. So Toriano has proposed a creation of darkness blindfold match. Distinct from a traditional blindfold match, this bout will start with four blindfold hoods on each of the four ring posts around the ring. A competitor is only able to defeat their opponent if they can blindfold them first. Should a hood be secured on an opponent, usual rules apply to pinfalls, submissions, knockouts, and countouts. Evil has his own dark twist, proposing the first ever darkness match. In this rule set, the first three minutes of the match will see the light, will see the lights turned on and off at 30 second intervals. From the three minute mark onward, there will be 30 seconds of darkness every three minutes until a decision is rendered. This is the Venn diagram of New Japan Pro Wrestling and the booking of the Fiend Bray Wyatt. This is the match where you get your intersection point. I, can only hope that the dark I I want to see the darkness match win and just I think that ha- would have to be like maybe the first ever live watch along with WH Park. This why, sounds, why just, this sounds insane. Why stop at the you know the first three minutes of the match? Just make it the whole fucking match so no one has to see this garbage. You know, like my new name for for Ghetto is John. It's Vince Ghetto. He's now Vince Ghetto. You know, that's his fucking name now. Like I this. Yeah, it's like so like Yano wants to have fucking blindfolds on a so we got a pole match essentially, you know, four corner pole match plus blindfolds and so it's like fucking Jake Roberts versus Rick Martel from that WrestleMania a classic gimmick they did, right? I mean I, I give up. Yeah, honestly, John, like things like this. I know and it, like this this is where evil has fallen. This is where he, you know, where people are saying to me, No, they made a new star. He won the title, they made a new star. Here's your new fucking star. He's he's proposing like he's going to be in a blindfold match or he's going to be in a darkness match. Whatever the fuck that is, it's garbage. This is shit. He and he's become shit. You know the saddest thing, John, about Evil is he had potential to be a really great wrestler, and now he's just saddled with Dick Togo and he's saddled with this fucking bullshit. So like you're gonna get the crowd that rem- remember this, okay? So what is the one? When you do the lights out gimmick in wrestling, number one, it's usually you get a pop from the crowd because they're expecting a surprise. In these venues, you cannot scream. So you're just going to get the lights out and you're going to have to listen for a three, for 30 seconds of these two fighting in the darkness where you're not even going to get the crowd screaming and yelling and adding some environment to this. It's just going to be 30 seconds of like, Foot stomping, I guess, will be your no, your soundtrack for this. God forbid anyone has epilepsy in the audience, John. Just you know, I'll say that as well. You know. Anyway, so this will be. Um, we will see. I, th- I think that the darkness match is going to win out over the uh, creation of darkness blindfold match. What a uh, well, we're all losers, John. That's that's the sad part. We're all going to be the losers in, in this in this scenario. Either one. Is there is there anything on the horizon in the near future of New Japan that you are optimistic about uh, coming up during this 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 stretch to come? Honestly, like I'm more interested in what's happening in the U.S. with New Japan strong than I am with like proper New Japan. Maybe 
best of the super juniors when they announce the participants for that like maybe we'll get some nice surprises that's something i i keep in my back pocket for like reigniting maybe my interest in the company right now not really how about that yuji nagata promo how great was that we talked about his pistol and like he saves it for the venuses yes not nose punk it it was okay john i don't know like i I don't know what where they're gonna do it is he going to go to the United States? I'm, guessing, I'm, I'm guessing the God is coming over here. That's my guess. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess we're going to talk about New Japan Strong and, like, their their new title. But, like, to me, I like the U.S. title should have been their title. That should have been their title. Why create a new title? I mean, that being said, this new belt, this New Japan Strong belt, way better than the World Heavyweight title. Yeah, so they're they're the tournament is is going on currently airing on uh Friday night. So uh tonight actually, uh we'll get the semifinals with Hukuleo against Tom Lawler and Brody King versus Leo Rush and then a week from Friday will be the finals. So I um you know they, I think that New Japan Strong is generally a pretty pretty well received program. I think people are into the different talent. Um, I'm with you. Like I certainly, the last thing I thought that New Japan needed in either side of the world is another championship. Uh, but here we are. And uh, how much of the tournament have you? Did, did you see any of the opening round matches? I have not been keeping up. I I'm so far behind on so much wrestling john like it, it's not necessarily a priority i will say this like when i do get to watch new japan strong i i tend to enjoy it like pretty much from start to finish for the entire hour i'm like that was good it's it's nothing overstays it's welcome and everything seems to make sense booking wise and i like a lot of the mix of like indie talent plus like their regulars plus like their dojo guys and like i have so much that that crew of like Clark Connors and Alex Coughlin and Carl Fredericks. I mean, they they've who's got the new guy? who's the new guy? Um, something Knight. Uh, Kevin Knight. Kevin Knight. I I like I like him a lot, and like Narita being there, like yep. great. I mean, it's just so much like potential there, and like I I would like I wouldn't mind like just seeing them push them there more and then like when things are like opened up like okay let's bring these guys over back to japan but in the meantime let's make something like you know good out of this what we have right now because i think there's a lot of potential there but again why do you have the united states title and then why are you creating another you know another title for for strong when it could just be the united states title which i think it should be the goal of that belt is to be the the belt of their their u.s division well we will uh Tackle more New Japan as they go through their uh, their Grand Slam tour uh, coming up in the month of May. Uh, but let's, let's shift focus to All Japan Pro Wrestling because last weekend they opened up the Champion Carnival. Uh, I don't know how I did this, WH. They launched this the Friday of WrestleMania weekend, and I actually ended up watching a, a good amount of it. I didn't see all three shows, uh, but I saw all of the first night and everything except for the main event of the second night. And... I've got to say, the the guy that you and I definitely had our eye on, the one that was the draw for me this year, Shinjiro Otani, I was not left disappointed. This 48-year-old man, I just was – the first night with Yuma Aoyagi and then the second night, Kento Miyahara. I mean, to me, Otani has been my favorite – my early MVP of this tournament. I just thought he was great both nights. I've I've watched all three – uh, days of the tournament and I, I still think day one has been the strongest from like a start to finish point of view but like otani's definitely been 
the the guy. Him and Zeus for me are like the MVPs for <laughs> excuse me for performances in the ring. But like Otani, man, this guy, you know, he he pretty much just disappeared in in zero one. No one pays attention to zero one, and and then we you know we get him in something a bit more high, higher profile than zero one, and then my God. And with these guys who are so much younger than him, he is not, he's not only like holding his own, he's leading the match, John. You can tell like he's calling everything and these guys are just following his lead. Even like someone as great as Miyahara, you, you can tell he's probably like super excited to be there with Otani. And he's just like, you call it. You're, you're kind of like the veteran heel kind of figure in this match. You call it. And my God, both matches were so amazing. I can't wait to see his next match in the carnival. But overall, I'm I'm very happy with how the carnival has been booked. My only kind of blemish is like the way Ashino has been booked up mm. like the first two nights. But yeah. like the third night, like, you know, like, okay, you're doing something with him that I think has should have been done a long time ago. But like Zeus and um, Otani, I, I got to shout out to like Koei Sato has been doing really good. And, and for me, Yuma Aoyagi like has looked really good and the thing i liked about um him and zeus is like they've really protected like their submission moves so oh yeah he's got the the end game which is a great looking submission and and zeus has been really cranking in the the the, the front face lock that was created by misawa and that that he, that he uses that as like a like a mega finisher and like it, it taps almost everyone out has just been like for me as a you know as a long time all japan fan just makes my makes makes my heart uh, you know glow john it makes it glow with warmth and and love so after three nights zeus is ahead of everyone with six points he's three and oh uh below him is jake lee and shuji ishikawa with four points and then everyone else with two with suama uh kohei sato kento miyahara shinjiro tani koji doi yuma aoyagi and shotaro ishino and i guess if you're looking at any uh surprises um it's that uh, triple crown holder Suwama uh, has been pinned twice so far. He was uh, pinned by uh, Kohei Sato and then defeated by Zeus as well. Yeah, I got to think that, you know, if he's I don't I don't think he's going to win the carnival this year. I, I do think it's going to be Jake Lee and that he's going to face off against Jake. But maybe in between that, he's going to have like a couple of more title defenses against one against Sato and one against uh, Zeus and maybe someone else who might pin him in during the the tournament. Y- you don't always get that happening, John. Like that's kind of a trope that doesn't necessarily always come true. Like where oh, I pin the champion in, in the you know the 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 league part of the of a tournament, so I'm gonna you know get a title shot. That doesn't always happen, but it's something that they can revisit down down the line for sure. Um, yeah, I, I like for, for Suwama. I I don't know, like people complain about like oh he's old, he's slower, he's killed it. Every time I every match he's had in this tournament, like awesome, like his match with with Zeus on night three, like it starts a little, you know, like slow, but my God, it builds and builds and fuck Suama like just brings it to, to Zeus and it, it turns out to be a hell of a hard hitting match and I recommend that match, uh, you know, just stick with it and you're going to be rewarded with like a great performance from both guys. But um, for me, like my dark horse is like Ashino, not to necessarily win or make the finals, but to like just get some points, get some big wins and try to create momentum coming out of the tournament itself and to like get booked better going forward. Yeah, the uh, the first night he uh, succumbed to Jake Lee in about uh, less than four minutes after the uh, the brainbuster. Um, but 
we will see. Maybe maybe Ashino's going to make a, a big comeback. I would I would certainly recommend the two uh, Otani matches from night one and night two. Um, but really, like uh, Miyahara and Zeus had a had a really nice match on the first night. Um, second night had the uh, that Aoyagi Ashino match. But uh, there's been some really good stuff in in this tournament so far. I I think like this is a really they got a great collection of these 10 and I like the fact that it's one block and you got like Otani is like your one outsider. It's not full of different guys, but it's like every Otani match is going to be interesting because it's an interesting match that he's having with an all Japan roster member. Yeah. And like, you know, someone made a point that, you know, they're saving a lot of their big, big storyline matches for Cork and Hall when they do the run of Carnival shows in, in, in Cork and all. So you're going to have like, for example, Kawhi Sato, who used to be in zero one and like, he's going to face off against Otani. Who's like his mentor. You're going to have like the, the revenge match of Koji Doi against Shitara Shino. Cause Doi turned on him to join up with Jake Lee. You're going to have like, um, you know, Ishikawa versus Sawama, former tag partners, all this stuff. And so I, I think there's a lot, maybe the, the best is yet to come for the tournament. I'm, I'm really excited. Like I, I'm very up and down usually down with the, the the recent booking of all japan but so far i can't complain about the, the the carnival like it's it's been very rewarding so far yeah so it continues saturday with four matches at shinkiba first ring suama versus doi zeus versus yuma aoyagi uh could you see zeus getting his first loss in this one uh yeah he's tapped out to the end game before i think that's when when like y- yuma aoyagi de- debuted that move he he surprisingly tapped out zeus and i was like whoa that's that's uh, that's a big thing. So yeah, like or it could be Zeus's revenge. Who knows? That's a great thing, John. We don't. You, you, it's all up in the air. You can't predict what's going to happen. So it's it's like it, it, there's a lot of drama going into these matches. And then uh, Jake Lee Otani and Shotaro Oshino and Kohei Sato, the uh, the four tournament matches on Saturday. So two two shows this weekend, then two the next weekend, and then they get into the final stretch, which is the uh, core Q and Hall shows ending May third, which is the final night of the tournament. So uh, it, it definitely worth checking out if you want to go seek out uh, some of these matches. I I enjoyed what I did get to see last weekend. But and it's all spaced out, which is which is great. So like, dude, I love that. I love the fact that it's not like every other day you've got to dedicate time to watch five matches. It's pretty much they're reserved for the weekends up until the final week, and it totally like it's it's almost like an acknowledgement that listen, it's we're not just operating in this vacuum that everything revolves around us. It's listen, it's it's very smart. Like they're not going to draw during the week. They're not drawing really like huge numbers for this regardless, but weekends are certainly going to be more advantageous because this is still a live touring promotion. Do I still have you WH? Yes. I'm sorry. I was just like, yeah, like I can't add anything more to that. So next, next, uh, next. I, I just want reassurance for my point. That's all. Yes. Uh, you are, you are right as usual. John. Thank you. Well, it is tournament season, so we are now going to move over to uh, to stardom because uh, this year they have broken up the Cinderella tournament with the uh, the first round going down last weekend, and then the remainder of it will happen April 30th, so spacing this out um, by several weeks. Uh, so there was 10 opening round matches, and for those unfamiliar, WH, uh, t- tell me just a bit about the, the rules for like the first round. This is very uh, – um, S- small sample sizes like there this is not asking a lot of your time there are no there are no 45 minute epics that you're going to get in the first round 
everything's a 15 minute time limit, which I, which I absolutely, I, I don't think anything love. went 10 even on the, on this show. Oh no. Like, like the way it was booked for the, so I've, I've watched up until like the last three matches and there were like some surprises that happened. In the I thought match. there were a and, lot of surprises on this show. Like I've, yeah. I've seen the whole thing. Um, we, we, we will save the final three matches because WH was right in the midst of watching this. So I, I won't ruin the last three matches for him. But, um, I, I thought there were several matches that were, uh, surprise, uh, finishes here. Um, the first match had, uh, Hameka, who I was familiar with and Hanan, who I was not. And she was a late replacement for, uh, Saya, uh, Ida. Ida. And dude, this opener was, Great. I was very impressed, uh, with, with both of these, uh, individuals. They went six and a half minutes. Uh, it ended with a Argentine backbreaker into a slam. Uh, Jamaica gets the win, but I thought, uh, Hanan played like such an awesome underdog in this match that was not supposed to be competitive. Uh, and Jamaica just set the tone with her promo at the beginning, just saying, I'm not in the mood to lose today. This was like Shawn Michaels circa 97. Yeah, she she was like, so you think, okay, she's the bigger star. Hanan's just still kind of like a rookie, but no, like Hanan, like I think this is like Hanan's time to like kind of get the the push in stardom. She's been like in the dojo system for a long, long time. Her twin, her younger twin sisters, Hina and Rina, are are you know getting pushes as well. So it it uh, it's about time. I feel like, and she got a new look. She doesn't look like a dorky teenager anymore so that's good so yeah it was a really good opener for the tournament um i my my favorite match so far it was the, the next match konami versus micah like just i love konami she's so great with like the the, the submissions and the grappling and, and micah oh, keep, so keep good up with this. her yeah yeah she's like working for like this, this double chicken wing and then goes to a straight arm bar before the rope break and then micah Stops her from the edge of the apron. Uh, there's a guillotine by Konami. They're fighting on the edge, and then Micah delivers a vertical suplex, uh, dumping Konami out. And I, I thought this was like a mild upset here. It went 827, and uh, there you go. Micah eliminates Konami. And that's one of the rules is like you can win by submission or pinfall or uh, throwing someone over the top rope, which is like you know really well played out in, in this first night here. Yeah, they used it. They used it a fair amount on the first night, but you also had like some big names going out. That it was uh, to me, like the way they do it. Like when someone gets dumped to the floor, like it's an automatic reaction from the crowd. Like they are like stunned at some of these results, and that that kind of added to it as well. Um, we had there's a backstory here. It was uh, Unagi Sayaka versus Natsuko Tora, and it's Sayaka's first tournament, and she is 0 and 11 in singles matches, and it's Tora just dominating her. She misses a leg drop off the top, and Sayaka fights back and lures her in, pulls down the rope, and Tora flies over to the floor. Um, this is a pretty significant upset here. The way that they had uh, set this up, it went 6:49. Yeah, I mean Natsuko is like the leader of Oedo Tai, so she, you know, she's kind of a, you know, pretty high up on the card. And Una, yeah, Sayaka is like, you know, she's one third of the like the the um, the artist title holders, the the trios title um, championship team with like Tam and and um, uh, Mina Shirakawa, but like she hasn't won any singles matches yet. And this is her first one. It's in the Cinderella tournament, so that's really great. And you can tell like they're very high on. Uh, Sayaka. So it's, 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 it's nice always to see like, you know, 
a promotion get behind like their promising younger talent who are like making a, an impact in, in the company. So uh, then Rena defeated Azumi uh, after uh, Tora was still there ringside from her match and she attacked Azumi and they landed on the edge and Rena drop kicked her off to win in four minutes and 40 seconds. So uh, s- setting up a bunch of stuff there. Yeah, this is one I didn't like just because, like, the, the interference, not only from Natsuko, but, like, Konami, who's there as well, like, just was so blatantly obvious and it made, like, Barb Sasaki, the referee, look kind of, kind of dumb. But yeah, it, again, Rina got the surprise upset over Azumi. So there you go. Like, it, it's, it's like Stardom's thinking, okay, we got to start pushing our younger talent. So it's good to see. So when you're watching on Stardom World, they have the promos that they, uh, they have the subtitles for uh, to set up each match and the absolute hands down best was for Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe. <laughs> Starlight Kid explains that last year in the opening round, she lost to Momo with the B driver. So we cut to Momo who says tonight, one year later, I will kill you with the B driver. Kill you. And th- you know, the great thing, John, like as this match plays out, Especially near the finish, the B driver is is like integral part to the finish. <laughs> it's just like amazing the finish of this oh, match. Oh, dude, this uh, was probably the best finish. Like, if you are going to do a uh, fall off the edge of the apron to the floor finish, this was definitely the most ambitious one. That uh, was my favorite one. So they had a very good match. But as WH said, it comes down to where they're on the edge after a drop kick sends Watanabe. Onto the edge of the apron, and Starlight Kid gets onto the edge. The B driver is countered with a code red, and there it sends Momo flying to the floor in 722. I thought a really creative ending. It looked great, and there was the story. Like for a year, this woman has studied every application of the B driver and had the counter for it. I, I thought this was like maybe the, the best put together book match of the first round. Oh, definitely. And Momo, Momo Tanabe is like the realest wrestler in this promotion. This is like she doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> she just wants to hurt people and win matches. I love that about her. And she's such a she's such a hard hitting wrestler, like all her strikes, like because she's like kicking the shit legit out of everyone she gets in the ring with. But that's OK. It's wrestling. It's Japanese wrestling. I don't care that it's like women's wrestling. It's even better because like it just shows like, hey. You want to see like some hardening wrestling? Fuck all the other companies. Watch Stardom because you're gonna get it here. Um, Starlight Kid, big star in five years time. That's my prediction, John. All right, the anointed uh, Starlight Kid by W. H. Park, uh, Mayu Iwatani, and Fukugen Death. Um, Toro was out again here. Um, th- this one to me di- didn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, it no, ended I'm- with Maya catching her with an inside cradle. Uh, a lot of comedy. I mean, some of it got over with the crowd. It just seemed to be uh, just kind of almost like your intermission match. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of like, Fukigen Death is like real name is Kaori Yoyama. I'm not a really big fan of like the clown gimmick she's adopted as, you know, in the last year or so. Um, she got, she, 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 you know, a widow tie won her in a match last, last big show. And so now she's like their, their slave kind of thing i don't really enjoy it i don't really fully understand it i yeah i kind of just like fast forwarded through this match to be honest with you and then i guess the last match you saw was a uh, julia and uh ruka where ruaka ruaka 
And Julia, of course, was last year's tournament winner. And in this one, she won with a Northern Lights bomb. They went uh, four minutes, 20 seconds. uh, So no upset in this one. No, I mean, one thing I want to point out, like, if you told me, like, you know, a year, two years ago, that you can enjoy a match with Rockin, and I'd be like, you're fucking crazy. She's the shit. She looked good in this match. She held her own with, with Julia, I think, like, becoming a heel and getting some actually good-looking gear, like, raised her, you know, raised her confidence levels. And let it be known, if you're a wrestler and you're listening to this, gear is very important. It can make or break you. What, what do you think eyes. about the, the transformation of Julia's look since the, the I shaving? I love it. I think it's I cool. It I think it really works. Like it's, she's totally like ditched like, the, like the idol look. And now like she's like got this, this like badass, uh, you know, like GI Jane character. It's, it's like an evolution of her character. And it's like, to me, it's like so smart because it kind of like everything you, you know, you kind of, um, think about julia it's kind of out the window so like she's kind of reinventing herself and that tag match where she, she and uh sherry won the tag titles from their stable mates of himeka and and uh, micah was like awesome i i i almost went five stars on that match john i thought it was so well laid out and i thought julia and sherry looked amazing together in that match along with like himeka and, and, and micah but I, I'm really digging this evolution of Julia, and it's kind of interesting. Like as she grows her hair out, is she going to revert back to kind of more like her her older look, or is she going to kind of keep this character? We'll see. And then the, the last three matches, uh, it was Tommy Hayashishida against Mina Shirakawa, Tom Nakano versus Saya Kamatani, and Shuri versus Natsupoi. Uh, the main event is pretty strong. I will I will say that. But WH is going to uh, consume all of this afterwards. And then the the remaining rounds will be April 30th. So this is always like a fun tournament. And it's like very easy to digest matches. I mean, the, you can you know get through this first round in probably under 90 minutes. It's uh, entertaining stuff. They set it up really well. And it's always like a fun tournament, I find, each year. Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, been fortunate enough to into Cinderella tournaments live and and usually they do it all in one day John like I think again it's great that they're spreading it out and they're not like jamming it all in one go like it's it's very counterintuitive to like Bushiro's other main promotion which is New Japan um and generally like I think stardom is the way better booked product because I don't think they have to fulfill like these kinds of unrealistic financial goals that that Bushiroad sets for new japan like stardom is still kind of growing um but like you know they can kind of grow at a a much more realistic pace and can i just say like watching this show john like i was like very pleasantly surprised to see as many women as i did in the audience because you it's 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 not something that you necessarily see (laughs) at stardom shows it tends to be dominated by men but there were like you know not a whole lot men still like dominated the audience but like it Anytime, like, I think you can grow your female audience if you're a Joshi promotion, it's it's always a welcome thing in my opinion because I do think that's where, you know, growth of the, the, the Joshi scene is going to happen is if you get more and more women fans to come to your shows and, and, and buy your merchandise and kind of, like, you know, spread the word among female wrestling fans, like, in, in Japan and, and outside of Japan as well to, like, check out these shows. Like, like there's something here that's not just – you know that the men's promotions aren't the only thing that are doing things well it's like there's a lot of a lot of 
Joshi talent and Joshi promotions that can fulfill like you know your entertainment needs in in pro- professional wrestling. And they're coming off that you know tremendous show at Budokan Hall that they did a great number to draw in, and are coming off what I think some would like categorize as like a contender for show of the year with their pay per view back on April fourth. And I guess the big news coming out of that was after uh, failing to beat Utami Hayashishita, B Priestley announcing her departure from Stardom and having like quite an emotional moment with uh with, with both uh Utami and Momo Watanabe there in the ring and looks like B Priestley is off and we will see where she lands. I guess most people are expecting her if she is leaving that this is it could be WWE bound. Yeah, I mean that's that's unfortunate for her. Like I think she would have been better off going back to AEW. I think they she would have bolstered um their women's division like not that i watch aw regularly but i do i do follow the news but like i if she goes to wwe like nxt uk like I've, I've just shaking my head why would you leave japan for for nxt uk what a match to leave on though i thought this thing was phenomenal uh, oh yeah this, this match i've, I've got to catch up on this pay-per-view because i mean you have like raved about these last three matches so um i, I have seen the whole uh utami Priestley match and it was stellar and you were telling me like it wasn't even your match of the show. Like that's how solid the final three were. Oh, I mean, I, I you know, the tag match is, I think that tag match is on another level, John. It's, it's very reminiscent of like, you know, a nineties, you know, like New Japan or all Japan, you know, tag match. It, it has that much drama and like, and the, the pace, it's like over 25 minutes long, but it doesn't feel like it. The pace is just unrelenting from all four people in that match. So like, it's, it's probably my tag match of the year so far. I'm, I'm very into stardom right now. Like I've been following it quite a bit. It's like, it to me is like one of my more enjoyable products to be following. It just seems like they've got some significant momentum behind them. And like, it's showing with like, I think from the anniversary show on like that, card to me got a lot of eyes on them and it seems that they are kind of riding that wave with a lot of talent that's on their way up and just based on the booking of the cinderella tournament trying to elevate several several new stars for this year yeah i mean they did uh, a kind of a big job last year to like acquire people for their company with Julia, with pretty much all of Donna Del Mundo is from other companies like Shiri, Micah, um, Himeka, Julia, like Natsupoi. They're all like outsiders have joined stardom. I think this year is maybe like, okay, let's take a look at the art dojo projects. Like who's, who have we groomed from the beginning from, from their years as a rookie. Mm -hmm. And let's try to push them, which I, I think is good because you have to, you kind of have to do that. If you want to, you know, have like the people that have been with you from the start kind of like have faith that you're going to be actually use them. Uh, two final notes here before we wrap things up. Uh, Konosuke Takeshita has been going, uh, appearing on AEW. I did see the match he did with Danny Limelight this past week on Elevation. It was a very good match. Um, but yeah, it looks like he did some dates with AEW and they'll be, uh, spread out. He'll be on this Monday's Elevation as well. You know, so when I was, when I heard about this, John, the first thing that came to my mind is that, oh, he's Ken Chan's uh, substitute Ibushi. Like, and by that, I mean, like, I don't think it, like, you know, Konosuke Takeshita is like, you know, substituted Bushi. I think he's a great wrestler in, in his own accord, but I think maybe like 
Kenny Omega has like these these storyline ideas that he wanted to do with Ibushi, and since that's likely not happening anytime soon, like he thought, you know what? I'll just bring you know Konosuke Takeshita over, and I'll do all my ideas that I had for Ibushi. I'll do them with him as his substitute. So that's my guess. That's my theory. We'll see if that plays out. I I like this like concept that you know the chance to just book somebody to come in, and it's not like you're signing them to a deal. You're not taking them away from anywhere, but just to come in, do a couple tapings. And it's, to me, it's like, it's a cool thing to have when it comes to like international talent that um, is something like, for instance, like a WWE is not going to do this kind of thing. And I think that it just, it does set that precedent um, to be able to expose like different international talent that can just come by and do a couple tapings. And then, then they're back. Like he's on a mini break from DDT and it's, I think it's a positive thing to do this. I always said, like, you know, instead of trying to open, you know, the so-called forbidden door with New Japan, like, you know, exploit the relationship that you obviously have with DDT and and just go bring, like, Takeshita over, bring Tetsuya Endo over, bring Yuki Weno over, these, and bring Kasada Higuchi and Yuki Sakaguchi over. Like, these, these are all super talented people. And then, plus, like, you know, they also have access to Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. So, you know, they already bring them over for the women's division. Like, just go ahead, bring the Japanese side, the Japanese men's side over from DDT. Like, there's so much talent there. Like, I'm not a huge fan of DDT overall because I'm not a big fan of, like, they do too much comedy for me but i recognize that they have a lot of talented wrestlers that people aren't exposed to and that that would be the good thing john like you bring over this ddt talent and people like in the west like the aw fans in, in canada and, and the uk and, and and america can like look at these people and think wow there are aw japanese stars they're not new japan stars coming over here they're like our our guys like because we that's how we discover them was through was through AEW. It'd be like, you know, when like WCW started bringing New Japan people over during the 90s. Like people, I think people recognized those talents as being, oh, they're our guys because we discovered them through WCW. And Noah's got their next big card coming up at the end of the month, April 29th, headlined by Keiji Muto versus Masa Kitamiya. So I think, I think this, this title run, get, get your shoes on because Muto's going for a run. Uh, Kazuki Fujita versus Takeshi Sugiura for the national title, uh, where these two might kill each other. Uh, and then Yoshinari Ogawa and Hayata versus Akuto Hadaka and WH's favorite booker, Nosawa Rongai for the junior heavyweight tag titles, uh, as your top three matches. I don't know which, which booker in, in Japan I hate more. Vince Ghetto and his cronies Jado and Dick Togo or, or, you know, apparently Tajiri. I, I think the booking of that Toriyano evil match, Ghetto is, is trying to pull ahead in your, in your books. Maybe, but you know, Nosawa and his nepotism towards all these IGF guys and people who are too old to be headlining a promotion on that was on the rise. Um, yeah, he's, he's up there on my shit list, but. Yeah, I got to say, John, like a lot of the momentum that Noah had earlier in the year is kind of gone right now with Mudo being the champion and Fujita being the national champion. I'm not at all interested in this card, to be quite honest with you. This one is a tough one because, you know, the Sugiura did a phenomenal job job with Mudo. Uh, The Kiyomiya match, to me, it was more so like the reality sinking in of like Mudo. It's... 
it's got to be done in small doses, I think. Like you, this is now the third big match with him. And Kitamiya, this is going to be a Herculean task uh, with Mudo. And I hope, I really hope that they don't have this lodged in their minds that this has to be some 30 minute match because I, this, this does not need to be anywhere close to that. Kitamiya is a tag wrestler. He's not. A good singles wrestler. This is not a challenger I think people are going to buy as like in any way to be the one to unseat Muto. So I think this is, um, much, much further of the test. Kiyomiya, uh, I think everyone looked at the timing that it wasn't going to be a title change, but I think you can buy into it. You could, you could convince yourself that there was Kiyomiya should be, uh, competitive with Muto in this one. Um, this is really just, this will be a very clear cut indication of what Muto means headlining a card for Noah, um, without much support here. Like this is very much going to be an indictment of this championship run and what it means to people three months in. Yeah. We'll see how loyal the, uh, the Noah fans of 2021 are. Well, that is all. Maybe that maybe the, Fujita is going to open up a whole new segment of, of fans that are going to be coming out to the show. Are you are you trolling me now, John? Is this what that was that what that was meant to to elicit for me? Is like me being I compa- I could have sworn angry? I I, I might have had to have rewound because I could have sworn when you were talking with with uh, Joey Bay, uh, I could have sensed there was a inkling of a compliment towards one Kazuyuki Fujita for his match with uh, Keno last month. Hey, like when they were beating the shit out of each other, great. When they did the staring contest, not so great. But I still don't agree with him being the, the national champion. I think Kano should have beaten him for that for in that match. And I like just it's just indicative of like what I have, you know, my problems with the booking of the company is like it's it's so clear that Nosawa is like, oh, I'm, these guys are my friends and I've admired them for so long. I'm gonna push them really hard, and even though it's completely wrong for business you know before we go john i I do want to you know talk about a company that i i do have a lot of uh, enthusiasm for gleet yes that's right they have announced a show for may 26th and do you want to uh go over what they've announced for this it's kind of a interesting lineup uh, of the matches that they have announced yeah so this is going to happen may 26th at uh, shinjuku phase of a venue I fortunately have never been to. It's like when I go back, John, for a visit, this is like on my bucket list to see a show at Shinjuku Face. But uh, they're going to open up with Kichi Sato versus Tita. I'm not familiar with uh, Tita, but I hear a lot of good things from the Eastern Larry guys about him. Uh, Francesco Akira from All Japan Pro Wrestling and Takanori Ito will take on Issei Onutsuka and Shikahiro Irie. Um, there's going to be an actress girls uh, offer match. Uh, Ami uh, Miura and Hikari Shimizu versus Misa Matsui and X, the dreaded X. We'll oh. see who that is. Um, Ayato Yoshida from 2AW and, and New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, will take on Yu Izuka. And the main event is uh, is pretty crazy, John, for like for longtime wrestling fan like me. Shima, Kaz Hayashi, and Minoru Tanaka taking on L. Lindemann, Soma Watanabe, and T Hawk, that main event, I, I think has potential to be crazy good. So the greatest I'm very of Gleet, the greatest of Gleet, the Gleetest of Gleet, John, the Gleetest of Gleet. Um, I I'm really excited about Gleet because first of all, like these shows don't seem on paper don't seem like they're going to be very long. And the other thing is like all of this is accessible on YouTube. I think they're really making a push to get their That's name really out there smart. by have by having their shows fully appear on. YouTube. So it's like, it's something like I was going to, you know, say to you on the show is like, that's maybe this is a card 
like, and this is a promotion that maybe we can start trying to try to follow a bit more regularly because I do think, you know, they they have the UWF kind of side of the of, of the promotion and they have the traditional pro wrestling side of the promotion that I, I think it's something that has potential where I could really invest myself myself you know, like emotionally into this promotion if if things go well with the booking and and like how their shows end up being yeah i was gonna say i would not be signing up for a separate streaming service for this but knowing that it'll be on youtube i would and if they leave it at this with five matches uh that that to me is very appealing yeah i mean that's the good thing about them being a new promotion without like a huge roster is like they they can't really put on like a 10 match show, which is, that's fine for me. I, no one listen, is demanding like, it either. Yeah. If they have like, like if the, all their shows are like takeover level, like in terms of like the length and maybe, you know, a, you know, a quarter of the, of the quality, that's fine by me. I'm, I'm all aboard for that. I am surprised that more places have not taken that, just the, the copycat method of takeover of looking at that model that, I mean, takeovers have been as consistent, uh, presentation of shows as there have been over the last eight years and i'm just surprised that more have not seen that and like the less is more philosophy that i seldom ever hear at the end of a show anybody ever complaining that the show just wasn't long enough but my god when it's the other side of things and even wrestlemania this past week when you condense things i think that has a real positive a view of people that they have of the entire show when you are cognizant of time. And I think that for a company that is just trying to carve an inroads for themselves, that is a very easy gateway to people's interest is not overwhelming them with a marathon card. Yeah. I mean, if you have like the main event is quality main event that goes like, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. Great. Everything else is like under 15. That's, to me, that's perfect. That's what my kind of like hope is for for Gleek going forward. Well, that's May twenty six, so we will uh, we will carve out some time at the end of May to uh, check that show out. Uh, but I want all of you to check out all of the great work of WH Park. You can follow him on Twitter at WH Park nine. That is the number nine, and he is going to be back on well this weekend on the Post Wrestling Cafe because it is the ultimate, the trinity of post wrestling: WH Park, Wei Ting, and Nate Milton. As we've got the final countdown of episodes for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, the penultimate episode, John, not the final. You you, you mess that up on like uh, I think Raw review this week. But, See, I'm um... off. I'm off because I missed last week's episode. I've got to do my catch up. So the whole my whole numbering was all thrown off after last weekend. So well, that- well the the big draw this this week, you know, like who's the surprise cameo that's that the the producers and writers have been talking about that we'll discuss that on on Saturday's show. I'm I'm really excited about watching waking up at seven o'clock tomorrow morning and watching this so it's not spoiled by John Cena for me, John. Uh and then talking about it with Way and, and Nate. I thought like the show I did with with Nate last week was really, really good. It was so much fun to talk with Nate. And I'm I'm excited to do I, I'm I'm thinking we're gonna do a live finale next week as well like we as we did with the, the finale for one division i i haven't decided, discussed that with way yet but maybe it, it's gonna happen but don't don't hold me to that but before we go john i do i do have to like you know take care of some business and 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 thank a couple of people for buying oh. the post perez t-shirt and one one that one of those people is uh one dan steer Thank you very much. And, and another is, is someone who you and I have met in Japan, John. That's, uh, Rory O'Brien Kelly. Of uh, 
you know, like we, we, we always see him Wrestle Kingdom. I always see him Wrestle Kingdom weekend. And, uh, thank you for buying the shirt, Rory. I hope you enjoy it. We're all over in, in your free part of Australia, COVID free Australia, it seems. I so, I'm so envious of you right now, but like, I'm sure everyone who sees you in that shirt is envious of you. You can get that shirt at the post wrestling store. Yes, go check it out, store.postwrestling.com. Uh, MCU Later can be downloaded every weekend at postwrestlingcafe.com. If you're a patron, you get a weekly show from Waiting and WH Park as they go through all of the Marvel series that, well, it looks like you will be part of the show into infinity at this point. I have a quick question for you, John. It's like, are you and Way going to review the Black Widow movie? I don't know. We haven't we haven't talked about it at all. When 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 is the Black Widow movie coming out? I think July. Like if you guys are going to review it, if you if you need a guest, well, I'm sure, like you you have definitely. I I think the people would demand that WH Park be a part of such a review. Like you have definitely put your your stamp on the Marvel reviews. Well, I'm just saying because like the MCU movies are like the domain of John Pollock and Wei Ting. So how uh, is this going to be – are they doing like a streaming release in conjunction with a theatrical release or is it just theatrical? I think it's the same deal like you do with – you did they did with Mulan where like mm-hmm. you pay a premium on top of like the regular Disney Plus fee and then you can you can watch it at home in the safety of your house. Like I July, I have no faith that we're going to be – I'm going to feel comfortable going to see this oh, in a movie I'm, theater. I'm not going to a movie theater in July. I can guarantee you I won't be going to a movie theater in July. I, I doubt I will be vaccinated by July. Yeah, so like maybe we're going to have to like just watch it on Disney Plus and then talk about it maybe at some at some future point. But like I would love to – if you guys are going to review it, I like if you if you need an extra person, I like to throw my hat in, in, in my, my hat into the ring. Done deal. We will, we, we can, uh, you've got our verbal commitment right here on the air. So that's going to wrap us up. Um, so WH beyond, uh, MCU later, what do you have, uh, coming up, uh, regarding the long and winding Royal Road and the next, uh, post pro res? I guess you'll be back in a few weeks. Yeah, I'm going to be back in two weeks with my guest, Karen Peterson, who's like a, a great fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, but she's very fluent in Japanese. So she does a lot of like translations of things. And we're going to talk about what's happening in wrestling uh, in, 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 at that time. Look, I don't I have no idea what's, what we're going to be talking about necessarily, but she's going to be the guest. And I'm really excited to talk with her. Um, the long and winding road road. Then the next episode is scheduled to be recorded in a couple of weeks. It's going to be with Rich Fan from the Pro Wrestling Torch, nice. and we're going to talk about Kenna Kobashi versus Stan Hansen John. Ooh. And uh, I'm very excited to do the, the the watch for this this match and and to do some research for it and and present the the background for uh for to the to all the listeners. And I and if you haven't you know listened to the last episode I did with Stephanie Chase, it, it's a it's a hidden gem of a match, John, between Kenna Kobashi and one you know one man in the news today, John Laurinaitis, aka Johnny Ace. That's right. So uh, some great guests coming up and some great guests in the archive. So go check all of that out at postwrestling.com. WH, it's always great to sit down and catch up with you. We will be back uh, next month and we'll be in the midst of stadium season in New Japan. I can't wait. What will be headlining? God only knows. Uh, Who cares? I don't give a fuck. Maybe, maybe we'll do a stadium show with the lights off. How about that? Does that, that sound that, great? That okay. sounds amazing. Yeah. That is it for us. For WH Park, I am John Pollock, and thank you for listening and downloading Post Pro Res.